Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh, a podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games, brought to you by O'Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of O'Rock. And I'm Michael Gray, the head author of O'Rock. I did writing this past month, maybe. Okay. All right. We're, we are um, we are recording a little earlier in the month than we usually do. We usually record, I mean, towards the end of the month, but uh, there's all these holidays popping off then. Uh, so I don't know if that means we're going to have very little to talk about or what. I guess we're going to find out. Well, like, I know we were talking about the holidays last month, right? Wasn't there something yeah. left over we needed to discuss? <laughs> Like you said, there's Christmas, uh, there and then a was. week later, there's there's New Year's. Oh, yeah, my complaint was people don't know if New Year's Eve or New Year's Day is the holiday. D- doesn't it seem like half the oh. places celebrate New Year's Day and the other half celebrate New Year's Eve? I feel like New Year's Day is the one you want off from work, right? Because if you're staying up late the night before, you don't want to have to go into work the next day. Certainly not yeah, early in the yeah. morning. So I, f- I feel like day should be the holiday. But New Year's Eve is the, the one where everybody has the big party. That's true. New Year's Eve is when you actually do stuff, and you might need to prepare for such a party. In which case, having the day off would be quite helpful. Oh, man, that's a... I mean, the solution is you should just have both days off, right? But then, yeah, but then how does that work? Do businesses actually do that? I don't know. <laughs> Um, I know when I when I worked full time for an actual company, um, like if hol- we probably talked about this, if a holiday was on like a Thursday, you'd also get the Friday off. So in that case, like if it was New Year's Eve on a Thursday, then you'd also have New Year's Day off by default. But if it was in like the middle of a week, I, I don't know. That'd be nice if they gave you just both days off in the middle of the week. Yeah. But then what? You have Wednesday and Thursday off and then you come back in on Friday. That's yeah, that would be ridiculous. Oh, OK. Uh, I mean, it, it's sort of similar with Christmas, though, right? Because a lot of people do stuff on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So, I don't know. I do know that with, like, Halloween, the day after Halloween, also the day after Valentine's Day, is like an unofficial holiday because you can go to the stores and get half-price candy. Yeah. Some but of it, our stores are actually already doing uh, discounts on Christmas stuff around here. That's kind of wild. Jumping the gun a little bit. Well, I don't know how to interpret that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, it's 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 interesting to me that um, are are we have so uh, Ollie's Bargain Outlet store near us? They're doing twenty five percent off everything, all of their Christmas stuff, uh, except wrapping paper. I think they said, but also twenty five percent off all toys. Hmm, wow. And and I guess guess that's interesting to me because you'd think they would still be selling a lot of that stuff up until Christmas, but by discounting it, that tells me that they're they're sort of hustling to get rid of that stuff. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Gosh, hmm. It's not the opposite. So it seems strange to me. Like Halloween candy or Valentine's Day candy where like the week before they up the price by 25%. (laughs) Or in the case of, like, flowers, where they up the price by 300% (laughs) for the entire month. Um, But getting back to what you were saying before, I I do think that, man, I don't know, some companies just, like, give you the whole week off, don't they? Like, do you just, like, are there places where you just get off, basically, from Christmas until, like, the end of the month? Because that that would would be nice. I don't know which companies would do that. (laughs) <laughs> My Can company companies just afford not. to not have anybody work for a week. Uh, it's saying here that, uh, like, movie and the TV industry, those people can go, they can take like two to four weeks off during the holidays. So they nice. do. And Congress, of course, takes like three oh, weeks well. off, but they do that every other month. Did I say every other month? Every month? <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure they only work a few days a year. (laughs) Well, it's interesting. Um, I feel like this is something that should have come up during uh, Cat President 3. Gosh, I don't know if we could talk about real-life political stuff without offending people, but 
We're in currently what's called a, a lame duck Congress because there's a whole new Congress coming in in uh, yes. January, right? January 1st, whole new bunch of people coming. So lame duck is what they call it um, when you have uh, yeah. like the last month of the Congress because if they don't get something done by the end of the month, then it gets reset. There's a lot of things like, I don't, this is why we shouldn't make political games. Do you know what things actually stay on or what things <laughs> necessarily have to get reset by the end of the year? Because I know some things do and some things don't, I think. No, no, definitely not. We have no idea what things get reset and what things no. don't. Okay. No, I know, I know in, in a situation where like the party that controls Congress is is flipped next year. So if, for example, say the Democrats have a majority in the Congress right now and then Republicans have a majority starting in January, then that means Democrats have to push to get everything that they can done by the end of the year uh, because they're not going to be able to get anything done for the next two years. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, vice versa. It has nothing to do with Democrats specifically, just whichever party is in control doesn't want to do anything that benefits the other party. It's just how it is. That's something we're sort of saying, and it just surprises me to see which things they are trying to push through to get, you know, get done before the end of the year. And then other things they're like, mm. nah, we're just going to delay it a week uh, and then let the next Congress <laughs> deal with it. Because huh. apparently we don't know much about politics. It always confuses me as to which 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 thing gets done right away and which things get pushed back. Ah. Uh. You know, it makes me think that maybe something that is, like, popular or has uh, bipartisan support, I wonder if that is something that would get pushed to next year because they know that's going to pass regardless. So they want to focus on getting stuff that's only going to pass with the current Congress. That would at least logically make sense to me. I do not know if that's how it actually works out, but I could could understand it. I know, but it feels like that's something... That might backfire if they're like, oh, man, here's something that's not popular. We won't be able to push it through next year. So let's just do all the unpopular stuff. I don't know why Congress would want to oh, me- publish any unpopular laws anyway. They should they should only do stuff that everybody likes, right? They want to get reelected. But, well, maybe maybe you want maybe you want the lame duck to take care of that, though, because these are pe- like the percentage of Congress isn't going to be coming back next month. So, hey, who cares if people like them or not? They're not going to be around anyway. So just throw all the retirees under the bus. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that is what happens in politics oh, a lot. I think that's a joke in uh it should be a joke in one of the cat president games is like we always blame the previous president for anything that went wrong Mm -hmm. because that's that's very convenient to because you're usually blaming somebody that your friends don't like yeah well of course and then and then they they take credit for anything positive that happens during their term even if it was something that was set in motion by the previous administration it's like that happened during while while i was president so i get the credit for it that is a joke in Cat President 2, I think. That uh, is perfect. <laughs> or no, Cat President 3, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we see that over and over and over again. No matter who's in office. Any Anything good that happens is thanks to me. Anything bad that happens is because of my predecessor. Anyway, it's been kind of interesting watching the news with the, the lame duck Congress rushing to pass a bunch of bills. It's like, I wish they were that energetic. The entire year, and not just the two <laughs> weeks nice? out of December where they actually work. <laughs> because they don't work this week or next week. They do get two weeks off, the last two weeks of December off. Oh, that's so nice that they've given themselves off all that time. That's so nice of them. <laughs> that way they can go back home and, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I'm just checking, like, the congressional calendar now, and it looks like... They do something where um, certain days are blocked off as days that they will not be voting. Okay. And I I am sure, just absolutely sure, there are some people in Congress who are like, well, no vote today. I don't have to go into work today. <laughs> that seems like something that would totally happen because I've had co-workers before. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I believe we made an entire game about it. Yes, yes. So you you mentioned earlier that you did uh, you did some game writing uh, this month. Uh, what, what what have you been working on? I think wasn't did I finish Cap President three this month or last month? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you sent that in November the twenty ninth. Okay, then I did nothing this month. That was after we recorded the last podcast, though. So it counts for this one. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That sounds good. Well, that's. Very productive, very exciting that we have all that, all that going on. Um, I'm basically finished editing the second pathway now. Uh, should be sending that over tomorrow, and then I get to get started on the cats-inspired pathway, which I am both nervous and excited about. It'll be so much fun. So Congress does have New Year's Eve and New Year's Day off. They gave themselves both day off. Oh, that's so off. nice. Yeah. Wait a minute. And they have January 2nd off as well. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not toss that because in? Because New Year's yeah. Day is a, is a Sunday, so um, yeah. so they gave themselves the Monday off. Oh, oh, that's so good of them. So, yeah, the cats, cats thing should be interesting. Yeah. I, I hope it works. <laughs> I I have I have every confidence that it will turn out great. But yeah, that's that's pretty much where where Cat President Three is right now. All the storylines written. Um, we're in the midst of editing and revising them. Um, nowhere near coding at the moment. That'll happen sometime in the new year. Got plenty of time to get this to 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 do this one. So that's good. Yeah, script will need a lot of workshopping, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Well, my goal would be like, you know, I, I think Cat President 1 was like summer 2016 and then Cat President 2 was fall 2020. So, you know, somewhere somewhere in the summer to fall range of 2024. So plenty of time. Yep. And let's hope all the various uh, people run for president that we're expecting. So obviously <laughs> we need one of the singers from Cats to uh, yes, run singer. for president this session. <laughs> Oh man, I want to make jokes based on who the all the six cats are, but I don't want to spoil anything just yet. Oh well. <laughs> um, moving on to the mom's game, uh, I'm still uh, putting the uh, the first pathway together. I just got to chapter three uh, earlier today. Uh, like I said, I'm kind of doing all the art and everything as as I go. That's why it's not like going super super quick. Um, I am very concerned about what's going to happen when I when I get to a puzzle. I'm I'm glad you already did all the coding for that, but I'm concerned about mm-hmm. what I'm going to have to change to to switch to the upgraded res- resolution and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I'll that's... be able to do that. Like that'll be on my list. And okay, is it on the list of things for me to do? I probably I, need to update next that list. month. I'll <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I have been uh, I have been updating the the files on the Google Drive every day, so it has the most up to date version of the script. And whenever I create a new art asset or add music or sound effects or whatever, I've been putting all of that into the folder as well. So theoretically, if you download all that stuff, uh, you should be able to play the current build of the game. Um, I guess fingers crossed that whether that'll work or not. I'm but putting, I, I'm changing the to-do list right now to have the. Oh, cool. uh, there we go. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't looked at the to-do list in a while. I've just been sort of going through the uh, the word documents and and just based working on those. Yeah, so I put redo the puzzles in in yeah. HD. Um, cool. Moved it from anyone list to my <laughs> specific Yay. list. Yay! Oh, that's so much better. Oh, I love not having to do the hard stuff. And then I was like halfway through working on the nerdy mom art, and then I stopped. Yeah. (laughs) That's something I'll go back to. I should have lots of characters and backgrounds in the the drive there for you to, to play with and do whatever you want with. Yep. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of the, uh, the, the quick and dirty update on the mom's game. Um. Oh, one thing I wanted to talk with you about. Did I see that you were streaming uh, the Lost Oregon City Gold the other day? Uh, yes, I did. I did do uh, a live stream that's of cool. that. cool. How did that go? I should have announced it, I guess. <laughs> it went fine. People seemed impressed. All right. Yeah, I never really, like, schedule my uh, live streams in advance. And there is a yeah. story 
Not a very interesting one. I tried live streaming earlier that day and a game called The Fantastic Kitty Roo, which one of my followers sent me. Just somebody messaged me on Twitter saying, you know, I made my own game. I've been following you so and so for years. Aww. So So they just wanted to share the game with, with yeah. me. Um Yeah. So uh, I tried playing this game. I tried uh, live streaming that game, and it didn't work. I got just complaints. It's like, I can't hear you. The, oh. the people in the live stream are just complaining the whole time. And so it was a, like a five-minute live stream. Oh, that's disappointing. It's kind of look. I'm looking at the uh, Steam page now. This looks really, really nice. It, it says it's a blend of visual novel, point-and-click, and rhythm games, hitting a lot of really good genres there. That's cool. I saw the rhythm game part. That's about as far as I got. I didn't yeah. get to uh, the other, to the oh. rest of the stuff because, like I said, I only played for five to to six minutes. So I didn't, I didn't have enough time that night to do the the Nancy Drew game I was going to live stream. So I did uh, Lost Oregon City ah, Gold instead. Gotcha, gotcha. Because I figured I could beat that game relatively quickly, but it took me about <laughs> two minutes. I mean, two hours. <laughs> You two got hours, lost in the minutes, far. You got lost in the woods, didn't you? You definitely got lost in the woods. No, no. <laughs> I I I don't think I got stuck on any of the puzzles. Maybe the uh the Oregon Trail style puzzle. I know somebody joined the chat at that exact moment and they were quite confused as to what was happening. <laughs> like, what is this game? And I was like, no, I promise this isn't the entire game. And then and then they figured out when the game went back to normal and they could see the yeah. characters and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah a lot of comments it's like congratulations on the game congratulations on making a game you did a good Aww. job it's very interesting stuff like that yeah oh that's really nice it it does concern me sometimes i feel like when you talk about one of our games i i feel like you sometimes get comments from from your followers and fans they're like oh wow that's so cool that you made a game <laughs> it concerns me that they don't know you've been making games for like eight years or however long it's been yeah i don't understand <laughs> that either because i mentioned that in the video it's like okay yeah. no i named drop at least four or five of the games <laughs> i i because yeah it's like one of the characters like okay this is uh samantha bartley she was also in the pizza delivery boy who saved the world yeah and um one of the other actors from Pizza Delivery Boy was actually in the in the audience. Like I was in there too. Oh, like, cool! Hey, hey. It's cool. I'm I'm glad you got a chance to do that. I'm, I uh, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't able to hop in too. I was gonna say I gave a bunch of like behind the scenes facts and info, and then yeah. all of that was just repeated in the bonus section. Somehow. Uh, <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, I should have thought about facts which weren't actually in yeah. the actual game, which actually oh, counted as uh, high school facts. Oh, you, sh you just shouldn't have done the uh, the bonus path. You shouldn't have done the behind-the-scenes pathway. Like, you were the real life. I should just live. cut that out, yeah. You were the live behind-the-scenes person. You been playing any good games lately? Besides uh, the Lost Oregon City Gold? Oh, man, nothing holds a candle to that one. Well, obviously, yeah. I, I was going to ask, I tried asking people, like, if I made a sequel, what would the sequel be? Where would be another oh. good place to, like, have when the these games Ithaca take place? The Lost Ithaca Gold. Come, come take your family to... <laughs> oh, wait, I guess, canonically, Paul lives... Uncle Paul lives in, in California, doesn't he? Well, maybe uh, Uncle Paul moves Oregon, to Ithaca, right? and you guys have to make a trip out here. And we could do a game about Ithaca. You could just take pictures of all the, the nearby places. I'm sure <laughs> there are famous places. Yeah, we have a lot of waterfalls. We're, we're, we're known for our waterfalls. Ithaca is gorgeous, they say. Haha. <laughs> I know there was a joke about it in um, the comic strip Foxtrot. Because a they did a storyline based on the Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ithaca is the the hometown that Odysseus is trying to get to in the Odyssey. Yeah. But the person thought it was Ithaca, New York. Ha ha ha. Uh... And of course, you know, like teenage me never having heard of Ithaca, New York is like, what? I don't understand this punchline at all. <laughs> we're not a very big, well-known city. We're no, we're no Oregon city out here. Although some have tried to, to oh. say that, uh, 
Ithaca is the Oregon city of the East, but it hasn't really caught on, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if anybody knows about Oregon City, to be honest. (laughs) If it wasn't called Oregon City, no one would know uh, where it was (laughs) located. But uh, have you been playing anything else besides Oregon City Gold? Uh, Yeah, I just finished playing... Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper. I'll be interested in seeing how people feel mm-hmm. about my walkthrough for this game. Because it feels like I didn't like the game and was mean to it the whole time around. But <laughs> in my defense, it's not a very good game. So I'll, I'll be interested in seeing how people re- react to the walkthrough. If they'll keep watching or if they'll just like rage quit watching the walkthrough. Yeah, do do people generally like it when like you're playing a, a game that you don't really like and you're making fun of it, or or do they just prefer when you're playing games that you that you're enjoying? I don't know. I how often do I play games I don't like? Um, hmm. it feels like people enjoy the Sherlock Holmes games, but I I feel like the Sherlock Holmes games have a lot of problems. Each one seems rather different uh, in terms of what its problems are. Mm. So, like, um, gosh, I'm gonna have to look this up now. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter. Man, that game. It really wanted to be whatever that cool game series is. I think it's it's not Tomb Raider, but what the new se- like they had a movie come out. Oh, like um, it. Yes. Uh Nathan Drake is the character. That's it. Yeah, Nathan Uncharted. And there we go. Uncharted. Yeah. Why wait, why did I know the character's name before the game? I've never even played it or seen the movie. Anyway, really wanted to be Uncharted the the gotcha. game. And like it's Uncharted is not a Sherlock Holmes mystery. <laughs> no, is it's sort of an action thing, isn't it? <laughs> This very action, like exploring old temples and stuff like that. And so it's just totally out of place to have Sherlock Holmes exploring this old temple and trying to avoid (laughs) temple traps and things like that. I don't know. Sherlock Holmes as Indiana Jones is kind of a fun, fun sounding premise. (laughs) Yeah. I think with case number two, they, they make you do like just an overly long segment which is just like exploring this temple and, and dodging traps basically gets pretty boring actually <laughs> and case number one was where um you have to run in the woods to avoid being shot by a hunter and that goes on for like 40 minutes it takes forever and it's just not fun Oh yeah, in case number one, also we have the, um, you're trying to follow a suspect, and so that happens for like 40 minutes where you, you, you sneak around, you can't be seen by the suspect, you're, you're jumping over rooftops and things like that, and I just feel, it's like, if you want to make an action game, make an action game, but this, this is a Sherlock Holmes mystery series. Yeah, so wait, it's like it's like stealth action running around and jumping. It's not like puzzle solving, yes, yes, mystery that's, solving. That is a lot that's... of the Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> the devil's daughter. That is a And that's why I said it, Okay. Yeah. It feels like they just wanted to make an uncharted game. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then case number huh. three, ninety percent of it takes place on like one screen, which is it's kind of sad, actually, case number three. And then case number four is, like, super short compared to all the others. I think that's how that game works. It really felt like they they had the budget to make the first two, yeah. two and a half cases. And, and then the last two just got rushed or se- severely cut down. So this is, like, a, a series where, like, all four of these games are made by the same company. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I could see, like, uh, if it's different developers just doing their own spin on Sherlock Holmes, I've got to see why why they might turn out to be kind of different from one another. It's interesting that that it's all one company doing this, and they just yeah, kind of keep changing. Done... What it's... 
you know, good for them for being, like, considered the company that does the uh, Sherlock Holmes things, because I'm sure there are, like, a million companies. There are, like, dozens of Sherlock Holmes video games. Yeah. Yeah, that's but what I they, thought. they get credit for being the Sherlock Holmes uh, video game series, so mm-hmm. lucky for them. And, well, Sherlock Holmes is one of those, like, weird weird public domain things right where it's like the character is sort of in the public domain and sort of not like some books are some aren't and you have to be like really careful what elements you use yeah that, that's right yeah because that's why that's there's mm-hmm. always so much hand wringing about whether if you have sherlock holmes in your in your story whether you can name him that or have to name him something silly like herlock Holmes. yeah and I'm seeing here, well, something they've done a lot with the Sherlock Holmes series is they just keep remaking the same games. They just, like, give it a graphic <laughs> upgrade and re-release it for Wii or re-release it for uh, Xbox. Or even with, uh, you know, they re-release it for PC. So, so I think with Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper, uh, the copy I had was uh, just a re-release. Because you can tell when they update the graphics for the re-release, they only change like the characters' faces and hands. They don't actually change the bodies in most cases. So you've got like really detailed face and hands on like a, a pixelated body. Huh. Okay. Well, that sounds kind of a weird little looking. bit of an it's exaggeration. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's like, yeah. wow, I can tell that. This person is wear is not wearing like actual clothing. It's very flat. Okay, so that actually uh, makes me think a lot of like N sixty four games or like, like GoldenEye specifically, where you have the uh, the three mm-hmm. D character models, but like the the three D elements are basically just like <laughs> circles and spheres with with faces painted on them. If you look at them a little more closely, they don't have like like they barely have noses that pop out of their faces. <laughs> That's sort of what I'm picturing now. <laughs> All right. It actually is saying here the Devil's Daughter was published by someone else. Well, then I don't understand. Hmm. I know that happens a lot with. Oh man. Okay. So what's the difference between a developer and a publisher? Because it's saying right here we've got the one company mm-hmm. developed all the Sherlock Holmes games, but we've got seven or eight different publishers. That maybe that accounts for the differences yeah. between the the various games. Yeah, yeah, could be. I mean, the developers, the one who are actually like it, sitting down making the games, uh, the publishers distribute the games, but the publishers often have like a lot of veto power or creative control. So it could be they've been moving from publisher to publisher, and this publisher's like, yeah, I want to make an action game this time. Can you make it an action game? Whereas a different publisher's like, yeah, I kind of want a mystery game. I mean, it's like it's like us, right? We're the developers of our games, and we are the publishers on most platforms, except for uh, our console releases of Pizza Delivery Boy. We our uh, Penguin Pop was our publisher for those games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe there's publisher input changing from game to game. Okay, but um, I guess getting back specifically to Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper, I don't know. Why I've been yes. like slamming the Devil's <laughs> Daughter when I haven't played that game in forever. But, yeah, uh, when when you could be slamming Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yeah, like it was the so uh Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper is a terrible video game. It's something that a lot of the Sherlock Holmes games have a problem with is the same thing that a lot of like the Superman stories have a problem with. Like they say Superman's so strong they have to find an excuse for why he can't just beat up the bad guy mm, in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. And Sherlock Holmes has that problem, too. It's like, we need an excuse for why he does not solve the mystery in five minutes. And so this game's excuse is that he just isn't really trying. (laughs) Okay. There are just, like, long periods of time where it's like, oh, it's two weeks later. What has Holmes done in the meantime? He has done diddly squat. He's been staying at home, not really doing anything. See, now I see an opportunity there for, like, a weird fourth wall breaking puzzle where, like, you as the player have to somehow manipulate and, and 
convince, motivate, that's the word I'm looking for, motivate the player character to do something. <laughs> like, you have to, like, I'm picturing a scene where, like, like Sherlock Holmes is in bed and, and you know, his, his alarm keeps going off and he doesn't want to get up. So you as the player, like, have to have to click on things and, and make sure he gets out of bed and gets to work. Like, maybe you have to do something that moves the alarm clock away so that he can't just turn it off and go back to sleep. And then, like, mm-hmm. when he's up, you have to, like, take his sheets away or something. Take his blanket away so he that can't get comfortable again. That would be a fun again. puzzle, I feel like. Wouldn't that <laughs> There's a couple of Sherlock Holmes stories are are even like I think in The Devil's Daughter there's there's like a point where Holmes is like I'm so bored I want something to do. <laughs> yeah, you have to <laughs> What if that was just the whole game <laughs> was you trying to motivate this this sluggish bored person to do the thing that you're trying to get done. But then I guess that that really opens up questions of like who are you then? Like, how are you manipulating the world? Are you some sort of, like, omnipotent being? Or are you playing as, like, like his roommate? You're playing as Holmes as a roommate trying to get him to get off his butt. Like, yeah, no, I mean, his roommate <laughs> is, is your Dr. Watson, who occasionally... <laughs> like, occasionally you, you play as either character, but... Uh, it's the sort of thing. Sometimes you play as one, sometimes you play as the other, and sometimes they're both together at the same place. But that's a common question for most adventure games, right? Like, if I'm playing mm. Monkey Island or, or something, and I try to put two I- items yeah, together, sure. Guybrush is going to say, I don't think I can do that. Like, who is he talking to? Who's suggesting it to him, right? Man, that's a He's good point. He's talking directly yeah, to the like... player who he can't see. Yeah, it already it already sort of has that perspective of of you the player basically instructing Guybrush to do things. That that's like the the game Lifeline that I was just talking about last month, the one the voice controlled game where you're issuing uh directives to a character. That's that's sort of how a lot of adventure games work, isn't it? Huh. Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really want to make a game about Sherlock Holmes's highly motivated roommate. I don't I don't want it to be uh, Watson though. That's too easy. Like, I don't want it to be a character that's already known. I want it to be Sherlock Holmes and his roommate, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I know, like, Watson doesn't always live with Holmes, right? Because, I mean, Watson's married. He he has, like, two or three different wives over the course of the the series of, like, short stories. So there's plenty of time when he's not there. Who gets really annoyed with Holmes when Holmes is, like, pacing around the apartment, making lots of noise, I don't know. Like, like Holmes, just Holmes as a crappy roommate, I think, would be <laughs> right for a lot of entertainment. Isn't there a lot of jokes like that in The, the Great oh. Ace Attorney? Yeah, maybe there is. Yeah, you're right, he already has Ryonosuke a roommate. He has doesn't a like girl living roommate. in... Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, even Ryunosuke is, like, considered mm. his roommate because he lives and works out of Sherlock Holmes' Oh, true, Holmes's yeah, attic. yeah. And whenever he comes down, like, Holmes is giving him garbage. <laughs> oh, man. I think in my game, uh, Sherlock Holmes and his roommate, Dave, <laughs> I think he doesn't solve any mysteries at all. It is it is like a visual novel or an adventure game, but it's not it's not action adventure. It's not stealth. It's just your roommate trying to get Holmes to do stuff. But we don't actually go into what any of that stuff is. Ultimately, it's all about his home life. Going back to Jack the Ripper, I feel like part of the reason. Yes. Part of the reason he has to be inefficient is because the game clearly wanted all five of the Jack the Ripper murders to occur. They wanted to have mm. like him investigate all five of the murders, but those were like what three months apart, mm. right? So you I have to justify why the game follows. You have to, but you have to justify why Holmes doesn't just solve it right away and prevent all these other murders from happening, which is pretty dark. Why did he not catch it? Yeah, <laughs> like we have to oh make gosh, this detective worst. worse so that more people get murdered. Yep. So there's a lot of there's a lot of fetch quests in the game, but I think one of the worst things, one of the things I found really infuriating, is like one of the suspects, Holmes knows knows where this guy lives, like 
Oh, it was the second video of my walkthrough, but it's like video number 12 before. So it's like seven hours before Holmes catches this, this suspect, Dr. Tumblety, and the Doctor solution what? is just to go wait, to his wait, house Doctor and talk what? to him. <laughs> Dr. Tumblety, he was a real life a... person, so... Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Never mind. It's a funny sounding name, that's all. Sorry, continue. No, I, I was just complaining that, like, Holmes has been on the trail of this suspect for a really, really long time, like seven or so hours of gameplay, and the solution is just go to his house and meet him there when when you've known where he's <laughs> lived ever since, like, the very start of the game. It's like, well, well, then what was the point of going to character A to get the thing from character B to get the thing for character C so you could break into the jail and talk to the person who knows the person who knows Dr. Tumblety? <sighs> it was just... That's the sort of thing you had to do. And then, and then at the yeah. end, they just sort of... Throw it all out, and somebody's like, "Oh, by the way, Tumblety just went back to his house. You can meet him there now." And Ooh. that's that's how Holmes catches up to him. Ooh, that is that is just some adventure game busy work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I see people talk about that sometimes about when you're when you're making a puzzle heavy game like that, about how you really need to be writing puzzles that also drive the story forward, as opposed to puzzles that are just like brick walls that go in your way for just for the purpose of having a puzzle there and that that's sort of what it sounds like uh you're describing is a is a very brick wall puzzle like oh yeah i mean that that one puzzle i described was kind of bad mm. yeah <laughs> it, it's not like holmes is on a first name basis with the police there at like, he could just walk into the police station and say, hey, I hear you've got somebody detained. Can I can I talk to this person? And the police would probably say yes, <laughs> as, as I complained about, like, multiple times. But nope. Hmm. So you're not recommending this game is what I'm getting. No, no, it's it's just no. terrible. Like, if you gave me enough time, I'd probably be able to remember... Like, what we do in the first thing. Like, we we get pills. I think we have to do something to get pills from the doctor so we could give it to this man so he could go live with his uh, <laughs> niece. So we could give something else to our guy, Finley. And Finley gives us the bag, which belongs to the police constable. And that way, the police constable will give you the preliminary autopsy report. And that's like that's what the game starts out with, with this hour-long fetch quest, just to get an, a, a basic autopsy report. I wonder if part of the problem is that um that puzzles like that, like these these extended kind of silly, seemingly pointless puzzles. I wonder if those work better in a more comedy-oriented game than in what I assuming is a is a fairly serious, staid game in Sherlock Holmes. Like the, it's a serious maybe, dark game. Yeah, this one is one of the darker yeah. ones. So the fact that it's a serious game, I wonder if that just further highlights the uh, somewhat ridiculousness of the steps that you sometimes have to go through in an adventure game in order to progress. Whereas in a game like Mon Monkey Island, those those steps just sort of you're like, yeah, okay, this world is is ridiculous. So I, this this makes sense. Sure, this is what we're doing. Yeah, whereas, like, this mm -hmm. is a realistic thing. It's like, yeah. three three women have been murdered. Why is Holmes having to find yes. this guy's lost dog? <laughs> it's not a lost dog. It's something like, something was dropped in a snake cage, and we need to jump through hoops in order to get this book <laughs> out of the snake cage. Sure. It was an important clue we need. I don't think it was all that important. <laughs> there's, there's also a lot of, I feel like, failed pathways or ideas which could have been... Maybe they would have been, like, fully fleshed storylines, but the game kind of, like, cut it out. Like, for example, at, like, at the very start of the game, you, you find a, out about it through a, a newspaper article that says, you know, this woman's been killed, she's the third person who's been killed. And then it's like hour number 15 into the game before Holmes goes back to that and realizes, wait, 
this was the third victim, not the first <laughs> victim. Maybe I should look into the other two women that got killed. I'm like, that is just like mind blowing stupidity right there. And then we get like a 15 to 20 minute puzzle segment where he finds old files on the, the mm-hmm. two women who were killed before. And he says, well, this one was probably killed by Jack the Ripper, and this one probably wasn't. And then the storyline ends there. (laughs) Like, we don't go back to that uh, again. (laughs) So that felt like it might have been its own storyline, but it wasn't fully developed. And so they just kind of cut it off prematurely. I wonder if they had some trouble with, like, the outline of this game because it sounds like the, the the pacing yeah is kind of all over the place and, and plot elements don't make sense. I wonder if they a better outline, better organized outline would have helped helped people catch some of this stuff. <laughs> like you see on the outline, oh wow, um we get the important clues that we need here. Why is there eight more segments after that before we follow up on these clues? Maybe maybe we should do something different instead. That happened a lot. There are definitely times where you, you find like a clue and then it's forty minutes before you follow up on that. Yeah. So, like, um, we got witness statements, and then 40 minutes later, uh, Holmes goes back to his apartment and actually analyzes the witness statements and, and makes a timeline. It's like, it feels like that's something that that puzzle would have fit better right after getting mm, the witness mm-hmm. statements. Well, see, that's just why it's good that we, we mostly make silly comedy games. If stuff doesn't make as much sense, it, you know, it it still fits tonally with the game. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's funny in, yeah. Yeah, in Lost Oregon City Gold. It's funny to use a plunger on a cannon. Yeah, exactly. Funny pictures with that, <laughs> Yeah, too. but like, but like if but, you're Sherlock Holmes doing that, it would seem so stupid. Like, it wouldn't be funny. It would just be like, wh- why are we doing this? It's like, there's a serial killer on the loose, <laughs> and we're trying to find this guy's cane. And, ugh. Another thing this game does poorly is identifying which suspects are actually the suspects. Okay. Because at the very end of the game, they throw a suspect board at you and with five different suspects on it. And two of the characters, I I had no idea they were actually supposed to be suspects. Uh, apparently they were like real life people too. So I, I had no idea. Oh. It's like the guy who's Kane, he, his Kane got lost and um well he's doing inappropriate things because it's uh let me see mm-hmm. can i say the word brothel he lost his sure. cane at a brothel and now he's like extorting the brothel owner to give him free services in exchange because he lost his very valuable cane and so what watson or holmes has to do is find the cane to give it to the brothel owner to get this free loader out of the brothel and that way she gives you the information, which is something like, yeah, actually, I can confirm that guy is in the prison right now. It would have been so easy if Holmes just strolled into the prison at that point and asked, hey, is this guy in the prison? Rather than doing like three chores <laughs> for three other people. There's a there's another chore part of that sequence, which I forgot to mention. So the doctor at the hospital where the cane is, he refuses to... <laughs> He refuses to let you have the cane unless you get something for him from another person. (laughs) Yeah, and as I think you were saying, like, seven hours later, I mean, that's the only time in the game we see that guy. Seven hours later, we're told, oh, he was one of your five suspects for the Jack the Ripper. He could have been Jack the Ripper. It's like, really? This guy with a cane? Because that's the extent of his story. He lost his cane in a brothel and is now like a seedy blackmailer. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely seeing a pattern here. It really does seem like that, that the tone that they were going for with the story just doesn't match at all the puzzles that they were developing for this. Like these are definitely like goofy, comical adventure game puzzles. And they don't really match with what is ostensibly supposed to be a serious murder investigation. So there are some very serious murder scenes, which are kind of gross. Like, you're supposed to examine the dead bodies and see the clues. Like, you get the victims and you examine their wounds. And uh, some of them are pretty graphic, actually. Um, Uh. 
One of the weird things, too, is that we do that for the first four of the five murders, but not the fifth one. There is no crime scene investigation for uh, murder number five. Another weird thing. So murders three and four happen um, both on the same night, because apparently that's what happened in real life. But Holmes is there. He hears about the murder, which is just like two blocks away. It's in a spot he was visiting um, multiple times that night. And Holmes decides, mm-hmm. I'm going to go home and do something else. And then, like, two weeks later, <laughs> he goes back and investigates both those murder scenes. It's like, why didn't he do that the night of? <laughs> well, how? so how does he get involved in this, then? Is he, like, He just happens to be around to whenever... He just kind of happens to okay. be around. Like I said, he just happened to be there when uh, the murder... <laughs> Where it took place. <laughs> See, this is where roommate Dave would have come in handy. Holmes gets back to him like, oh, yeah, there were a couple murders tonight. That's pretty wild, right? And then roommate Dave has to be like, Sherlock, maybe you should investigate this while the crime scene is still fresh. Instead of just sitting around and playing Minecraft for the next two weeks. And Sherlock is like, I don't know. And then that's the puzzle. Is Dave has to convince him. <laughs> yes. A lot of potential here. I don't. I don't know how, what the solution to the puzzle would be. If it's just like a dialogue puzzle, or you have to show him something that that gets him off his butt. I don't know. I don't know how you what the actual answer yeah. is there. I think one other weird thing, uh, and then I'll probably stop ripping it. Yeah. But with that third murder, like we <laughs> ripping see the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jack the Ripper has an accomplice with murder number three. Like the accomplice scares away uh, a potential witness. So he, like, yells at the potential witness and chases the potential witness uh, down a block. And that is something, like, the game doesn't follow up on. Like, we never find out who the witness, I mean, who the uh, accomplice is. He never gets mentioned again. We're just told that the accomplice scared (laughs) this potential witness away. And then that's, (laughs) I think we investigate the potential witness, but we never bother to find out who this accomplice is and it never gets explained at the end <laughs> um <laughs> so i wonder if too we're running into an issue where uh the developers were trying to incorporate these details from the real life story the the guy with the cane at the brothel this witness like these are uh, details that come from the actual real life events but then there was no actual way for them to, to fit them into the story in a way that made sense. So they just kind of shoved him into these little little spots there and just kind of let him be. Yeah, I think another problem is... Way to follow yeah, up on it. Another problem is that we... Um, a limited locations, right? Like, we have to go back to the scene of yeah. the second murder. So most of the game, like, I'd say 70 to 75% of the game just takes place within this one, like, rather tiny neighborhood. And since I played some of the other games, I can recognize it, like, okay, well, the the bookstore where he goes to, that appears in, like, two of the other Sherlock Holmes games, so they clearly were just, like, reusing that scene. Mm-hmm. So that that might have hurt it, too, um, trying to, to develop yeah, a storyline. Yeah. It's like, well, we can't really visit all these locations, so he has to keep going back to the same three locations. We already have a bookstore. We can't have him go to somewhere else. It's like he's... We already built that set. I don't know. What's the term for that? I don't think that... It's probably uh, more of an environment issue. Le- level. Yeah, I think it's more of an issue with, like, uh, three-dimensional games, like the Sherlock Holmes ones, where it's like... Oh, yeah. They will have the exact same bookstore appear in, like, three different games, because that saves them a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, that's that's why I mean I, this is I've talked about this before. That's why our uh, our photographics work so well. Is one of the reasons anyway is that we can go to a billion different locations and it doesn't really hurt our time budget or or monetary budget in any significant way. Much easier to add new pictures than it is to actually create new backgrounds, either drawing a two D one or building a three D one. Uh, should we uh, switch over to listener questions? We got a couple mm-hmm. of them this month. All right, this question comes to us from Alpha Gamer Forty Seven on our Discord. Uh, I don't know if this has been answered on the podcast, but maybe you could do it in December since everyone does retrospectives. How would the two of you rank all the games you've made 
or perhaps a list of top five point-and-click adventure games or Nancy Drew games. Um, and I was thinking we could we could shorten this a little bit. Um, so I just what what is your favorite game? Uh, one, what is your favorite game that Orock Studios has done? And two, what is like your favorite game that you've done outside of Orock Studios, like your choice of game stuff or or anything else? I think with Orock Studios, I I know Cat President and uh, the Pizza Delivery Boy who saved the world are the two mm. big sellers, and so those are the ones that I tend to pump the most. Or you know, I, I tend to mention them mm. most often. I think that's in my Twitter profile. And when I was playing uh, Lost yeah. Oregon City Gold, those were the ones that I liked. I know uh, a couple people really like the uh, Francie Drew games, but they they do not sell anywhere near as much as uh, no. as um. No, they do not. As Pizza Boy As or Pizza Cat Boy, Resident. yeah. I really wish that, you know, yeah. uh, Lost Oregon City Gold. I really wanted to make a sequel because now it feels like I know how to actually make a game that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think my favorite of the games we've worked on together is uh, Cat President 2 specifically. I think that's like when we sort of hit our stride with the writing and the political satire uh, my my Photoshop skills improved quite a bit when we were working on that. Um, uh, I just think it's a it's a funny it's our funniest best written game uh, in my opinion. Uh, in terms of games that uh, I made uh, not with Michael, uh, I will always have a fondness in my heart for the Beard in the Mirror, <laughs> a game that I built with my wife over the course of a decade in my favorite genre of point and click adventure game. I just love that game to death. I was just pulling up the list of the the games I had done, like the games I had done for choice of games. Um, I mean, Courting a Miss Bennett's the one that sells uh, the best. I really liked Pride and Prejudice and Murder. I uh, went down again <laughs> this month. That's sad. Um, but oh. uh, One Minute Mysteries, I feel, doesn't get the love it deserves. And Kidnap oh, Prom Queen. That's I think that's I my favorite Michael game. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, like my top. I made, like, you know, ranking the Nancy Drew games. So, um, mm -hmm. let's see. Uh, it's a game that uh, my picture is in, Secrets Can Kill Remastered. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then there's game number That's eight. That's clearly number one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then game number <laughs> eight, The Haunted Carousel, which is, you know, the first game I played. So, for me, that's, that's really high up there. Then, uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. Feels weird to say this. Uh, Treasure in the Royal Tower is number four. Um, Final Scene, which is game number five. Uh, Last Train to Blue Moon Canyon, which I think is game 13. And Curse of Blackmore Manor, which is like 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. So, like, my favorites, mm -hmm. like, pretty much most of the fans were, like, in the first half of the series. No offense to the, the second half of the series. Yeah. I didn't see the Salem, Midnight in yeah, Salem Yeah, no, that's, where is it? Is that at the bottom of, no, that's like mm. third to last. <laughs> Sorry, Midnight in Salem. Mm. Uh, and to answer the other part of Alpha Gamer's question, I'll, I'll take the, uh, the top five point and click adventure games one. Uh, the top three is always Curse of Monkey Island slash the Monkey Island series, uh, Day of the Tentacle and Sam and Max Hit the Road. Uh, and then I guess sort of de depending on uh, how open you are about the definition of an adventure game, uh, Life is Strange uh, slash the Life is Strange series is absolutely on my list. Uh, and Phoenix Wright, uh, which is very deba debatably an adventure game. It's certainly more of a visual novel, but I think it still counts. So those ones. Uh, and also uh, honorable mention to uh, the Back to the Future adventure game that Telltale made, because that, that's one I still I still go back to every now and then and still enjoy quite a bit. Yeah, I feel like I want to go back to it uh, and play it again. Yeah. Uh, I know the controls... Actually, I could probably play it with a controller, right? Because now I've got an Xbox yeah, that's, controller. Yeah, that's how I've always done it. That'd probably be easier. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to using the uh, the mouse, but... I guess part of my problem with that was uh, it's, what do you call it? I don't know. Do they still make episodic games, what they call it, right? Yeah, 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 it yeah. Feels, so, like, the newest Sherlock Holmes game, I'm told, is, like, an episodic game. But it, it feels more like, the, the, so they're releasing a bunch of, like, two-hour cases as opposed to releasing, uh, you know, them yeah. all at once. 
but I feel like they're they're releasing that as like DLC or something like that, season pass. I don't know what they call it these days. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll just wait <laughs> for them to actually finish the game before playing it all at once. Oh yeah, that's that's what I do with episodic games now. Like I don't, I I do not like the uh, the old Telltale style of we'll release one fifth of the game every two months. Like that's that's just not fun to me. That is not a fun way to play a game or take in a story. It doesn't. It didn't work for me then. It certainly doesn't work for me now. Uh, I don't. I, yeah, I guess I didn't realize Sherlock Holmes was doing that because I, I I didn't think too many companies were were really still doing that. I think that that fad has kind of had its day, thankfully. Yeah, well, I also feel like one of the questions is how much do they change the the game, like change episode two based on the response to episode one, yeah, and sure, so on and so forth, because it's really hard to like change a game in just a month, right? Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, I know we're running long, but I think we should get uh, to the other question because it is Christmas themed and it will seem very off topic if we do it next month. <laughs> uh, so Joe Reviewer also on our Discord asks, uh, do you still get video games as Christmas gifts and or do you get yourself video games, quote unquote, for Christmas? Uh, and my answer to that is yes and no. <laughs> I don't know who I would give video games to. I don't think I have anybody on like on my list that mm. would enjoy getting video games. But I did Aww. purchase a number of video games this month. Um, but at the same time, I usually get video games so I could play them for my YouTube channel. So it's, sure, you know, I could buy games for myself, and they count as a business expense that way. <laughs> Yeah, no, I am. Um, my my family uh still does like Christmas lists, even for the grown ups like me, my brothers, and my parents. So I did have a bunch of games on my list this year. Um, I really wanted to get uh what Psychonauts two. Uh, there's a new uh, Little Big Planet game that came out last year. Uh, called Sackboy, a big adventure. Um, and I also had. I never remember how you're supposed to pronounce this. D have you heard about this RPG? It's Live Alive or Live Alive or possibly Live Alive or Live Alive. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's yeah, L-I-V-E-A. It. Okay, yeah. Well, a remake of that just came out this year. And I, I didn't have the remake on my list, but I did have... Hey, uh, the original Super Nintendo game, um, which was only released in Japan, but there is like an English translated version on a reproduction Super Nintendo cart, and that was on my list. So very, very, very specific item for Santa Claus to figure out there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in, in 2022, it's it's sort of harder both to ask for games and to give games uh, because so much of it is just digital only now. It's, I don't know, you have to get kind of creative if you want to give a game to someone, because otherwise you're just wrapping up, like, a piece of paper that says, I bought this game and installed it on your Steam account, <laughs> or whatever. Kind of yeah. takes some of the fun out of it. I don't know. And then, like, is there a way to buy a game for somebody uh, from their Steam account and, like, not have them be notified until, say, Christmas? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, One year, um... I bought a video, a digital uh, Switch game for my wife for Christmas, and I was like, "This is dumb. I don't want to just give her a piece of paper or or whatever." So I actually bought online. Someone was selling fake Switch cases with like fake cover art for that game. <laughs> so I bought her essentially an empty box and gave that to her and was like yeah this this the game is installed on the switch now but i i got the box just so i'd have something to wrap and put under the tree okay yeah it's tough anyway i think that about does it for this month's episode you can follow us on twitter i'm at paul m franzen and michael is at argolfump spelled exactly as it sounds uh you can check out our games on pc and console or just visit orock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is by Fifth Avenue. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And finally, if you have any questions about game development or our game specifically, we'd love to hear them. 
Email them to podcast at orrock.com, uh, or I guess just post them in the Discord. That's where we've been getting most of the questions lately. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to add, Michael? Um, buy all of our games for Christmas. I'm sure yes. everybody would love getting an empty Switch case <laughs> with a piece of paper that says, I got you too many Santas. It sounds, it's the perfect gift for that, for that person that's hard to buy for. Oh, mm-hmm. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. The story will be told. Monkey Island is broken up into chapters.